This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. Let me say, my old neighbor, old friend from years and years ago, went to Harvard. Old compadre. Yeah, he went to India for a vacation, <laughs> as one does. He's. Uh, <laughs> He's been all over the place, but um, now he's in the, the filmmaking game, doing good stuff on Instagram, and uh, we're going to talk about movies on this podcast, so we're going to see how this goes, the test drive, the bonus episode. Um, I don't, I, I have an idea for branding. It's very thoughtful. It's very creative. It's very, um, you know, very, very cool. Avant-garde. Yeah. It's uh, you say in Thomas. <laughs> you say in Thomas. Mm, you, do, you don't say, Chase. Okay. Now I take it off. <laughs> I <laughs> all right, I'll leave the puns to you. I'll leave the puns to the podcast host. No, that's uh, it's all good. It it's funny because like our parents were friends a long time ago, and um, back in the neighborhood, and uh, there's yeah. still a picture of your mom with my mom on my mom's desk where she works every day. Oh, really? Yeah, that's 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 beautiful. Yeah, I gotta tell her that. It's, it's she's nice. actually my mom's. She's uh she's about to drive to Louisiana to see my um my grandmother. She's my aunt has a surgery tomorrow, so I actually had to say goodbye to her before I got in this podcast. So you're you're taking me away from from the family, Chase. How, how I, can you... Do they know what you're doing this morning? They know, they know. Yeah, my dad was actually super excited. I think I think he's probably going to listen to it. Oh, that's a lot Some of pressure. Episode. So much pressure. So pressure. much pressure. Hopefully, I say guy. so. Um, <laughs> very distinct laugh, from what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's. Everyone, the thing about my dad is that I've never met any other person in my life who is just like as immediately likable as he is. And I like I'm not even that as likable as he is. Like he can he'll go anywhere in the world. And it, like they were in Mexico uh, uh, a couple years ago and obviously they didn't know anyone there. But by the time that they both left, apparently the resort staff, like everyone knew my dad and they all like we're really sad to see him go. Like that's the type of person. <laughs> I can um, see that. <laughs> me, if I if it were me, I, I it would be like I had never even showed up. It's like who who are you? 
No, so you're in the middle. You're you're someone who can still blend in anywhere. Like you can <laughs> you can navigate um any any kind of situation. Like you can blend in. Honestly, like you could go in any social social circle, go to any job, anything like that, and you don't you don't cause a scene, Philip. Um, I don't cause a scene. <laughs> yes, I am a. Uh, there's nice. no one in my life that has like a neutral opinion of me. There is there's no <laughs> neutrality with me. And it's a it's like my dad, I think, in a lot of ways, but um no one Your either has a, a, a no one's like Chase is fine. It's never been said. <laughs> there, no one's ever said that. <laughs> He's okay. It's either Chase is really interesting or really cool, or oh my god, what is his problem? Like that there is no guy yeah. out of my face. Exactly. I, I wish nothing but but sleep apnea on this <laughs> on this young man. <laughs> um, Philip is going really hard at the the sleep apnea portion of our conversation because he now knows that I'm a hypochondriac. So I appreciate uh, you taking the high road and not encouraging my hypochondriatic tendencies. Yeah, I just want to I just want to you know enlist your audience to to not you know give you give you any gripe about that on Twitter. Thank you. Please just don't. just to reiterate, I just want to I want your audience to not not for the love of god please nobody say anything about chase's uh potential sleep apnea why did i agree to this podcast what are we doing? <laughs> this is well, well, worse for me it's it's gonna be great it's gonna be great I th- again i think what you've what you've built here over the past couple of years is, is incredibly impressive i remember when you sent me that um you sent me a message on facebook i think it was maybe a year year and a half ago and asked mm-hmm. me to subscribe and um, what you've built in the time is is super impressive, man. So I uh, was really happy to to get the get the message to come on and talk about some cinema. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of cinema to talk about because there's a lot of movies. And if all goes well, we have a lot to go through. A um, lot, of, lot of good stuff. But the first one we wanted to go through was Winter's Bone. It's on HBO Max right now for people who have not seen it. It... Um, was made in 2010 and it looks like it was made in 1997 that was my first note i made was just like how old this movie looked and i was just stunned yeah 2010 i could not believe that that was the case was that the same for you yeah it was it struck me like i in the many seasons of jennifer lawrence it struck me as like probably just right before the hunger games Mm mm-hmm um, it didn't feel like 1997 to me. I could have, I, I, I think it's, I think it was very much like a timely 20, 2010 sort of movie. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've, if you watch, uh, Ozark on Netflix, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it had a very similar same kind area. of, uh, yeah, same area, same, same like design, like aesthetic the to the way screen. that, yeah, yeah. Like a nice blue kind of cold, mm. um, um filter to it and just very gritty like very gritty very like um grim and 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 a bit hopeless so we can get into there's a lot there's a lot to unpack i think one of the things that like surprised me most was how well received this was like Mm. i think it had like four stars on roger roger ebert and he loved uh, it yeah yeah like it was it's on a, a whole bunch of number one lists and i'd never heard of it until you until you recommended it, but I was a I was a big fan of it, really really big fan. 
I went in with low expectations because I saw on Rotten Tomatoes before. I generally speaking don't like seeing a Rotten Tomatoes score of a movie I'm about to watch before the mm. movie because um, I just think it ultimately will cloud your judgment on what you think of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rotten Tomatoes is not a good indicator of whether or not a movie is good. It's you know what it is, and I try to encourage people this to do this a lot is find an A.O. Scott or whoever that you like as a mm-hmm. film critic. Like you realize that your tastes are very similar. Read their stuff. Yeah. Because just doing a hodgepodge of everybody's is not going to give you any kind of insight into whether or not you're going to like a movie. Because they all have different opinions, they have different tastes, and you're it, it just it's a waste of time and it sours yeah. people on movies that you may have enjoyed if you had just avoided it altogether 100 percent, man everyone everyone's obviously entitled to their opinion but uh nope not in, not film. on my show not entitled <laughs> to your own opinion sorry folks that one's that one is uh no no room for discussion there unfortunately i've oh, laid man. the hammer yeah i don't think that's gonna make the cut then okay <laughs> so what did you what did you think about um just the characters like i i i was um you know playing in this in this world of um like dangerous drug dealers and drug makers and and kind of this this um social contract between all of these these folks and and kind of the, the Missouri backwoods mm. um what did you what did you just what do you think of like both sides of the conflict obviously obviously you had re and 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 her family and then you had, um, you know, kind of the the, the mob like, um, uh, you know, drug dealers, and I found myself drawn to to characters on both sides. Um, how, how about you? Oh, so you actually had some sympathy for the the family, the the drug running family. That uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I could, and and I think I think the way that the the characters were designed. Um, and, and, and sketch. I mean, I, I haven't, this, it's based on a novel, which I have not read. I have not uh, either. Yeah. But my impression was like there, I, I almost kind of, I give a lot of deference to, uh, um, I guess what you could call, you know, like civil societies where they have this, this code of, of really like trying to protect your own, mm-hmm. um, yes. And I, there's just a lot of respect for like how you organize this this group of um, people, regardless of what they're doing, right? Like they're they're making drugs, and I don't want to spoil anything, but um, you know, they're on this podcast. Well, let's just put a note here. Um, when we talk about movies on this podcast, we're going to spoil stuff, so please stop <laughs> if you have not watched the movie or you're wanting to watch the movie and do that because that drives me nuts. No, that we can spoil stuff. It's okay. Good disclaimer. Yeah. Good disclaimer there. Um, yeah. So, so basically, what I was what I was thinking is is you know you have the 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 folks who are making heroin and and the way that uh, you know they give they give Re a couple warnings right like yeah. first first her uncle is like do not do not go sniffing around and um uh, because you might not be prepared for the answers that you you get and and you know her uncle had a suspicion that, you know, her, her, her dad got into some, some raw things and maybe had some raw deals. Um, and we should mention but, what his name is. And I think the uncle was actually my favorite character. Teardrop. Uh, teardrop. Yeah. <laughs> just haunting, just incredible stuff. Cause he's in my favorite scene of this movie, which, which is the sheriff scene where he comes up to the car 
and that oh, back yeah. with him looking and the sheriff actually backing away and just like the standoff of him trying to get out of the car and he's like you want to do this today like everything yeah. about that scene was incredible yeah yeah it's it's gritty we should we should also so since we can spoil it mm. <laughs> i guess we should tell people what this movie is about <laughs> yeah well so from the start which even kind of starts with like a pivot where you're not really expecting it to go that way because we see jennifer lawrence um walk she does a lot of walking in this movie really getting the calf work in um in <laughs> she's she's walking around a very deserted forgotten ozarks um I guess we just call it the Lake of the Ozarks. I don't know. Rural Ozarks, Missouri. Yeah. Um, in a cabin. Her mom, we don't really know what happened, but she's just not there. She's She can't speak. Um, not really sure what's going on. So she's taking care of her mom. She's feeding her two uh, siblings, uh, a, bro- a brother and a sister. And next door, there I guess other drug running family, couple, whatever, and the mm-hmm. husband is just a boyfriend, whoever is an atrocious human being. And she stands up to him and doesn't take shit from him, which is, which is good. But, um, we think that it's just like this nice thing because she gives him the horse because she can't afford the horse, which is super sad. But like, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, we'll take him and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, and then she brings over some deer for them. And then you're <laughs> like, oh, she's like, you didn't talk to that. We saw the police were there. You didn't talk and blah, blah, blah. And you could see how. It's all a facade that they don't yeah. even trust him and that it's not this nice, like, um, impoverished area that takes care of their own. It's more of like, we we're cool with you, but the second you start talking, you, yeah. um, you come on our bad side, which set the tone for the rest of the movie because yeah. the father who is on the run from the bondsman and, uh, they can't find him anywhere. Uh, we come to find, talk to the, talk to the police. And, uh, that was that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that. You weren't kidding when you said <laughs> we will spoil this. Absolutely, why not? <laughs> I um, I loved, I loved the again, like just the way I, I when I when I watch films, I really pay attention to um the energy and kind of especially when it comes to thrillers and suspense. Um, this film was really percussive, and to me, it had the violence that that um was in the film wasn't like it wasn't like a like you're on a, a freight train like you're right. watching i don't know drive or um like any other kind of explosive movies like but movie? but i did i did maybe we can review that another time yeah um um but the 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 violence in this movie just comes in such unexpected flashes like yeah when when uh when re you know she goes to the she goes to the I forget the family's name. She goes to their property and and, you know, they say, you know, we warned you and they bring her into this garage and they oh, just yeah, yeah. completely kind of just, you know, rough her up. And we're well, telling how it starts. She just like throws mm, well, hot, like hot coffee, I think, in her face. Oh, like, yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. And you're just jarred. Like it's just it comes yeah. out of nowhere where it is yeah. immediate. And then you see it. And like you said, like when they go into the shed and everything. Oh, my God. It's rough. It's definitely it's rough. And and then and then there there's this weird dichotomy where you're like it's it's kind of like this Stockholm syndrome thing where obviously you have the 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 woman and her her two sisters like they they beat Reese's character up. Um and then you know fast forward to about 30 minutes later in the movie where 
you know, after Rhea's made her plea that, look, like, I'm going to lose the house. I'm going to lose my brother and sister um, because my dad didn't show for his court date. Um, you, you see that there's some compassion and understanding, like where the very people who killed her father, um, you know, throw her a lifeline. It's like, well, we're going to bring you to your dad and we're going to, you know, do this gruesome thing and, you know, cut his hands off so that we can, so that you can prove to the police that, that he's actually dead. That to me was, um, I don't want to say redeeming, but, but just kind of ironic. Like it didn't like the, the way that these characters were cast wasn't, um, wasn't to completely like vilify them. There's a lot of gray area. There wasn't like, all right, these are the good people and these are the bad people. It was just, this is the way that this culture works in this area. And, um, if you break the code, then, then you, you suffer the consequences kind of like this, this Hammurabi's, uh, old time justice type thing. Yeah. Thump Milton's operation is, uh, a powerful one, obviously, um, more sway than the sheriff's office. We could, uh, we could also throw out the sheriff's office. Like, oh, that's cool. Where'd you find the the hand? Uh, it was dropped off on my mm. porch. Oh, cool. No questions asked. Got it. <laughs> Great. Open and shut case. Um, it. Uh, everybody's just destitute, and even mm. the the Milton family is like. It's not like they're living lavishly in the Ozarks. Like they're still mm-hmm. living in trailers. They're still living modestly. They're just running a side meth business. Is it meth or heroin? I couldn't, I don't know which I one think it is. I think it's meth. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, like you said, the characters are, there's just no hope. So a lot of them have to pick and choose what they're willing to do to stay within the family and also just survive. Like, they right. don't, I don't think any of them want to do what they do for a living or do what they do on a daily basis, but there's nowhere for them to go. It's just another forgotten America. Do you remember um, the Hell or High Water movie? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with Chris Pine. Yeah, one of my favorites. It's the same kind of theme where they're bank robbers, but they're not doing it because they just want to make a lot of money. They're doing it to save their land. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of go into that moral quandary where you're like, this is a horrible thing that they're doing over and over again, but they hate what they're doing. They really actually hate it, but they're doing it for good reasons. And does that balance out their actions? And unfortunately, life is gray and morality is gray. And um, you have to answer these questions for yourself. But I I struggled with whether or not the Milton's did the right thing. But it's also just like you said, where they're still taking care of their own. But like she had to prove herself. She had to take the beating. She had to like prove that she was not like her father. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, sad on a number of ways because she could have easily just gone the way of her father. But um, that's the other thing about this movie is that you can't. It's all about the search for her dad. Um, and I was because I hadn't read the book. I I didn't know whether or not we'd actually get to meet the dad. But um, we we did briefly. <laughs> we uh, mm. uh, a very small yeah, we did portion meet him of briefly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> a very cold version, very yeah. cold and distant. It's not about the ending. It's about the friends we kill on the way. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was, it was odd um, that that's the route that they ended up going. But ultimately the movie is not about actually 
the father at all. So it kind of would have made things weird. It's like the How I Met Your Mother stuff, where it's like we didn't need to actually meet the mother. Like the whole show was about everything but that person. It was uh, a, a red herring, basically. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. I think like what, what you're getting into when when you're talking about like the 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 moral quandary of of all of this, and you know, I think the broader um, commentary that it's making on um, on society is that you know there are places in America where opportunity is just doesn't exist, um, and through no fault of, of of people's own, it's you know they're forced into certain um, certain behaviors and, and ways of living and, and ways of protecting themselves uh, just to provide for their families. Um, and so who, who then are, are we as in, you know, the outsiders to ascribe, um, monikers of, of, you know, good versus evil, uh, to anyone. And, you know, like one of the, one of the scenes that was really powerful for me as, as a, um, as just a, a massive reality check was the scene where they're, uh, where Jennifer Lawrence's characters in the army recruiter's office. Yeah. <clears throat> and one thing that struck me about that as a, the way that they set that up was that it's, it's essentially kind of an interview, but it's in front of like there are people behind her who can mm -hmm. hear everything that she's saying. Um, and what ends up happening is, is a, a deeply personal conversation with, you know, between the, the army recruiter and, and, and re where essentially, you know, he is he is questioning her motives for wanting to enlist in the army and she's very explicit saying like i need the forty thousand dollar bonus that i get um like that's the primary reason and the army recruiter's like well perhaps that's not the best reason and then you know he asks her about the bruises on her face and um and they just get into a very existential kind of conversation um where he's essentially like look maybe the the thing that's more challenging isn't joining the army or maybe the, maybe the challenge that you need isn't joining the army but maybe the the challenge that you need to face is is taking care of your of your family um and i think the subtext of that was you know you, you have to do it by any means necessary um uh and so that that kind of for for me was like an unresolved um an unresolved question especially yeah. at the end where like you have the family like they're it seems like the the teardrop, you know, is, is going to go off and and with his banjo. kill. <laughs> no, with his banjo, he, like, he left the banjo there. Yeah. But it seems like he's he's going to go off and exact his revenge. Um, but you never really know it. Like, are, are they going to be OK? Like, of course, they have this this uh, this new, you know, wad of money. Yeah, but that's going to run out. Like, absolutely what what is the opportunity available to to Jennifer Lawrence's character to like actually take care of of her mom and her siblings that that for me was like one of the most powerful um questions that remained with me uh apart from like the things that were like visually resolved part of you know me, what i mean um i mean it, that goes back to the scene Jennifer Lawrence by the way just incredible in this movie like we cannot mm -hmm. under like she is fantastic in this role. Um, when she's crying in the woods, when she brings her mom out to 
into the woods mm-hmm. and just losing it. Because like she, from the start, you just see this strong, independent 17-year-old kid who's just balancing the world on her shoulders. And she makes a note, which is a powerful one, that like she doesn't know what she would do without these burdens in her life. Like She explicitly mm-hmm. tells her brothers and sisters that, like, hey, you guys are a burden, but <laughs> I need this burden to like survive. Like, I don't yeah. know what I would actually do without me running everything. And yeah. I mean, it's not fair um, that she has to do all this at her age, but she also is better off for it and recognizes it. She she very much knows who she is, but yeah. she knows she also has limits and she's she just needs her mom because she doesn't know what to do with losing the house. And um, her dad just put her in a terrible situation. And what happens um does she have to give away a kid to the neighbors? Like that is something. Yeah, that that's to another thing. Right. Like all of it's just a lot for a 17 year old kid to, to handle. And, um, she just breaks down and the mom, you think that maybe she's going to say something, but this movie does not shy away from reality at all. So even with the moments of like happiness and like the happy ending of her getting the money and everything, the bondsman's kind of looking at her like, good luck kid, like knowing that mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. Like he's giving her money, but he knows that, like you said, it's going to run out and they're still in the same situation that it's just, it's bad. And there's no way of getting away from that bleakness. I don't think. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's, it's the type of film that, um, I think it, apart from being entertaining and, and, and a, just a fun ride. Um, it just, it just presents, an audience with this um these lingering questions of okay well i've maybe i have never visited this this part of the country or nor do i know people who are like this but but you can you can translate those human um these these human ills that that people experience and it's like they're they're just called it's like Ozark, Missouri could, could very well be, you know, there are microcosms of those struggles, even here in, in Lilburn, Georgia. Like I remember, um, like it must've been 10 or 11 or 12 years ago where there was a, a meth house, like right under our noses, like oh, yeah, a couple yeah. we lived right down the street neighborhoods yeah. away that, yeah, that like that burned up. And so, and so these, these issues and these, um, these, these, situations like aren't isolated even though (laughs) it feels uh even though set the setting of this movie feels completely uh distant from from you know where from atlanta or from like from from the suburbs of, of here um these are these are the types of struggles that people have like all around the all around the country and all around the world um and so it was it was just really like sobering and and um and, and grisly to be honest to watch like to watch sounds unfold to watch the the destitution um on on especially in Jennifer Lawrence's face like the whole time I don't think I ever saw her smile once in this movie you know yeah um and that's that's not like a that's not a uh that I think that's just a testament to how in the midst of all of the difficulty and the drama, like that, that she wasn't able to find a, a, a moment of solace uh, is, is incredibly telling. So it's, it's, it's a dark, it's a dark tale, but um, 
but well worth watching for for anyone who's uh, looking for uh, a reality check. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's like ruin it, looking to ruin their Sunday, go watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we mean uh, that in that's, a positive that's a way. Point. Not ruin it because you're going to be wasting your time. You're just going to be a little somber throughout the rest of the day. Like you're going to be like, a little oh. somber. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to get in your feelings, watch this movie. <laughs> or listen to Drake. Who knows? I mean, either. Whatever. Yeah. I've always said that um, Winter's Bone was a precursor to Drake's career. I've always said that. Without Winter's <laughs> Bone, we don't have uh, Drake songs. That is, that is what I've always said it. Um, on this I, I think I saw Drake in that movie a few times. Did you? I'm lurking, lurking in the uh, in the trees. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it started from the bottom stuff. Can you get any more bottom than the Ozarks in 2010? It <laughs> in 20, Well, maybe maybe it bottomed. I feel like I feel like the Ozarks bottomed out when when Jason Bateman showed up. That's I, that's when the, that's when they started to gentrify it. I think they're going so. up though. Yeah, yeah, like the the Ozarks is um god. I think on the rise. I mean, yeah. Well, I think they just announced this upcoming season's the last one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, which is which is sad. That's like the but darkest it's also good. you've ever seen. That's the darkest show you've ever seen? I would say maybe not the darkest, mm. but it's up there. It's up there. For season season 2 was like okay. I got This is this uh this is this is a lot, Broad and then Church it just became ironic. Have you watched that? Uh, which one? Broadchurch, the BBC one with David Tennant. No. Okay, it's really good. Uh, Not the happiest show. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, Luther's pretty dark on BBC. A lot of the BBC stuff that I love is pretty Luther pretty is dark. dark and pretty pretty somber. Black Mirror. Black Mirror is up there, There's yeah. But Black Mirror is different because, like, Black Mirror is just like a different world every episode. So it's just like kind of, I don't know. You're starting over every episode, so it's a little, little interesting. Um, I like that show. I just haven't watched it in a in a long time now, and I think that got paused with everything going on. Um, and now you have me going down a rabbit hole of like, I wonder what I would have, if I did a rankings. Like, what would be my <laughs> darkest shows? Yeah. What do you think is the darkest movie you've seen? Is this it? <laughs> Uh no, the darkest movie. The, uh, the well, I mean, the first one that, that comes to mind is uh is Logan. Um, that one was. Oh man, <laughs> it's let's just say it's uh, it's it's not a Marvel movie. Okay. <laughs> and Wolverine is is not a, a Marvel character. <laughs> um, it's it's yeah, it's it's a uh, it's inc- it's very violent um from like the very beginning from the from the get-go and it's just like yeah it, it's just non-stop um it's good though like he he has a as, as i'm sure everyone knows who knows the story of logan like just a, a history fraught with pain and disaster like nothing good ever happened in his life uh ergo very dark hmm interesting um so who do you think won this movie like who do you think was the best actor you saw in this movie was it lawrence i think yeah i think yeah it was lawrence just because you know she had she had the most screen time and i think the the film was most demanding on her because she had to portray um a lot of nuance in 
being an adult, right? But uh, but then also being a, a child. Um, and so in that way, like I think her her role is, was a bit more dynamic. Um, but John Hawke's character, uh, Teardrop, um, he was really complex as well. Like he he oscillated between these kind of violent outbursts and you know on one end and then like i guess what you could call a loving caring uncle mm. <laughs> if that was his man if that was his way of showing it like on the other end so um i, I really i actually really enjoy jennifer's performance in this it's almost like no one gets to beat up my uh my niece except for me like it's yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Because he's like super upset, and you could tell that if one of the men, um, in Thump Milton's family had been the one to to hit uh, Ray, then I think he would have he would have pulled the gun, and it would yeah. have ended in a bloodbath. But mm. because the women uh, stood up and said that um, no, we we did this, he 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 did not make a scene. Um, it is odd though that kind of thing, because like when we're first interested to him, in, uh, when we are first. Um, uh, shown him like we we see him like he he sparks out of nowhere like this rage and his girlfriend yeah. like it's just very like nervous you can tell like stuff happens there um but when he grabs her by the hair and just like it, it's just so quick like a lot of like you said to bring it back was just like the violence just happens so quick when you're it's very quiet very somber sh- movie and you're just sitting there and you're moving along and then bam yep, like something like that and you're just like oh my god um, yep. all these people can just snap on an instance and um you're not gonna believe this folks but they're all on coke so <laughs> it may have that uh that uh effect on people <laughs> yeah the uncle does a lot of i was i thought that i mean i get it it would make sense that it's it's coke um i was kind of thinking like i don't know maybe they're snorting meth maybe that's how they do that out there maybe but uh you know um yeah it's the the violence comes in flashes and like uh it can it can just it can catch you off guard um but yeah i mean what what can you what do you expect when you're kind of living on a wire like that i don't remember seeing any um and this is just kind of getting back to like the opportunity piece I don't remember seeing anyone going to a regular job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, how, how, which would leads me to believe that like, this is just kind of an opportunity desert or like a food desert. I don't remember seeing any grocery store. And obviously that's like, now we're getting into the, the, the kind of like, uh, like what is the, the, the universe of this movie? Like apart from what they showed us, but you know, I like I like to look at films as what am I seeing, but then also what am I not seeing? Because I think that says just as much about the story as as the actual story itself. What else do you did you not see that uh, you noticed? Hmm. I don't remember. So so when when they were in school, like I don't remember uh, Jennifer. So. I guess I was under the impression that Jennifer dropped her her two siblings off at school. They're like seven and eight, I guess. Um, but she's seventeen, and like she's walking around this school as if she were an actual mom. And so I didn't see her in in class. And so I I guess that meant that she had dropped out. Um, yeah, that, I thought like that too. 
yeah, or like, I don't know, finished school early or something or like had an excuse because she had to be home taking care of her mom. But I didn't see her in any capacity, like being a child. Um, and that's heavy. Like that's, you just gotta, you gotta ask yourself like how much, how much of that can a, can a child take? I mean, especially, especially like not having like, and I didn't see her grieve her, her, her father. Like she had to, in order to save her house, like she had to cut her dad's hands off and I didn't see her cry or anything. Like well, no, it was, was just business as usual. that was happening. She couldn't do it. Like they were, uh, they were blown away right. that she couldn't chainsaw her dad's hand off. That was a little too yeah. much, uh, a bridge too far for a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Too much to ask, too much to ask. But, he, but I like she didn't tell she didn't tell her her siblings, you know, and I guess like obviously it's just trying to like protect them and, and not expose them to the violence of the world. Um, but, yeah, you didn't see her acting in the role of a child. I mean, she was very mature in this in this film. Yeah, I don't think the I was whole- that mature at 17. <laughs> My brother I for sure wasn't if I'm responsible for him at 17 years old, like it's uh he he is not getting me. Uh, I'm not going out in the woods and pulling apart some squirrels for him. I don't think that is on my uh, on my checklist. I don't think I would have been able to, <laughs> to handle it. You, you you can't convince him to to rip uh, to eviscerate a squirrel. No, I don't think that's something I could do. I don't think that's something I can. Uh, like, and that's uh, like a five minute scene, by the way, and it uh, it is gruesome. And uh, not something that I wanted to watch in my life. I don't think I ever was like, you know what? What if a movie spent some time really, really tearing apart a squirrel? Like, what if we did that? Just to <laughs> explain how you eat a squirrel. Like, uh, what if we did that? No. And I love the question is always, uh, stew or just straight up? Like, we could throw it stew, in a pool. Stewed squirrel or or raw <laughs> grilled i, I love those are the choices always like that happens like three times in the movie i literally wrote that down i'm like and she's just like do i throw it in the pot or do you want me to just give this to you raw <laughs> like can we have how, a do, how would you like can we mix it up a little bit like why is it always stew or and then yeah i thought that the squirrel is probably a bit symbolic because there was that also there was that that s- sequence i guess it was a dream sequence where you know it, it goes to four by three kind of grainy film mm-hmm. um and it's and by the way like that i i think if anything like that was top three scenes of like one of the top three scenes in the entire movie for me because that kind of mini story where you know the the squirrels are like you have these close shots on the squirrels and then you hear the chainsaw and then you hear like trees breaking you can almost kind of feel like the peril of these of these squirrels and then you kind of like it's it sounds like their hat their their homes are being destroyed and like you feel for them it's like just the way that that sequence was set up was was super powerful and then you have like the vultures who are kind of lurking and eating this this dead animal um that was a really cool uh silent well not silent film but but short film in the middle of it yeah so what did you think about the cinematography? Like, did Was it something that you liked and you thought they did a good job? Yeah, it was, to me, like, it was a really solid, um, it was a solid indie film because it's, it seemed like most of what they did was, was, uh, was handheld. Like, there was, the shots weren't super complicated. It was, it was a lot of uh, character-driven kind of long, long takes, um, 
which I think allows an audience to connect more with what's what's hap- with what's happening. And then the way that they would move the camera when something violent was was taking place was just so jarring. Um, and like, you know, they would switch to these these faster cuts and then all of a sudden return back to the 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 prior pace of, of the filming. Um, so the way that they moved the camera was um, to me like it helped me and helped me feel more engrossed into, into the story. Um, yeah. What did you think? I, I loved it. And I love these kind of movies where I, um, it kind of gave me the, do you remember, have you seen prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal and he Jackman? Mm-mm. Um, it kind of reminded me of the filmmaker. I think it's Dennis Villanueva. Do you know who that is Dennis? I think that's his. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Denis, Denis he spells it he, uh, he pronounces or, his last name different than how it looks i don't it's not villanueva uh, villanueva i think it's villanueva he did arrival right? yeah he's he's really good and he shoots his movies um in a very similar way i thought to um the way this movie is shot um which i liked and the cinematographer in this movie is michael mcdonough i'm not sure what else he's done but um I thought Deborah Granick did a really good job with this movie. I thought it was, and also you could tell it's super. This was cheap to make, like two million seemed about right. So they were going to make mm. money off this movie no matter what because I know it's literally just yeah. falling around the woods. It's, um, it is a indie movie that is very easy to make. I would say, and I don't mean that in a uh, in the sense that like oh this is cheap. It's just more of like they were able to do a lot with a little. Yeah, it felt very tightly, very tightly filmed. And and very like lived in, you know what I mean? Like it didn't really feel like they had to. Obviously, they didn't have to create the sets, but it felt very much like it felt super authentic, um, right down to the like the layers of grime, you know, on the on the kitchen counters and the sink. Um, it just it it was just very uh, almost kind of like they stumbled upon this this neighborhood and was like all right well if you guys will give you like x amount of money money to just shoot in your house for for the next like several several weeks or the next i don't know three weeks and and we'll call it call it a film shoot call it a day <laughs> yeah i yeah but sometimes that's all you need and uh that was good um she also did leave no trace which is like one of the highest rated movies of all time with matt foster yeah matt i think foster, excuse me. i read that I read that this was like one of her first um actually I, I don't want to get this wrong but I this movie was just so well received that it really kind of set her up for for a lot of uh successes to follow cuz it won one best picture at Sundance it won best screenplay at Sundance and it was nominated for like four Oscars um but I don't I I'm definitely more interested in her work after this Okay leave no, yeah leave no trace I guess it was 2018. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Arrival. I forgot about that movie. I forgot I saw that in theaters. Like, that was such a long time ago. And I that movie is off my radar. Arrival was a very forgettable movie. It was okay. Arrival was okay. <laughs> but it was... Um, the Alien was not cool. That's what I remember about that movie. Being like, no, not in. I needed some more close-up <laughs> action. I needed a little bit more. I needed uh, something else. But uh, not just uh, a bubble. It was just weird. Um, you needed like tentacles and yeah, I needed and something. Fluids. Yeah. 
everywhere. What do you I, think? I thought it was more likely to have tentacles or no tentacles. Where do you stand on this important pressing issue? Oh man, well I guess it depends on on what constitutes an alien these mm. days. Um, I don't know if you watched uh, the sequel to Independence Day, but there was that I like. Not. Okay, there was well there was an alien in that movie that you like doesn't really look like an alien, mm. and I was I was really impressed by that. I was like that you know what this this movie is completely reimagined like what what extraterrestrial life could look like. I don't, I'm not, I'm not partial to tentacles. I think, I think I'm like, kind it's of like an open is me just pulling that soundbite. Uh, I'm not partial to tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> no context whatsoever. Yeah, that, that could just be the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we had Philip Mousset on the podcast and, uh, he dropped some wisdom and, um, if I made the title, like it'd be a good, good study. Like how many people listen just because I, make the title of this um this podcast just uh, <laughs> i would listen to it it's very clickbaity right very clickbait. yeah and as you know yeah. I, one of the most clickbaity guys of all time so um that is that is what i love is some good clickbait so why not why sometimes, not try it out sometimes that's all you need yeah all right well do you have anything else you wanted to mention about this movie before we wrap up here Go see it, go see it. If you haven't, if you haven't yet, again, I I watch it for the first time. It's it's over ten years old at this point, yeah. but um, or it's uh, year from my perspective. What's that? Or twenty three from my perspective. Or or twenty three years old. <laughs> this movie was not shot in 1997, by the way. <laughs> um, I'll send you a. I just watched something on Instagram. It's it's a commercial that was shot in nineteen ninety seven, mm-hmm. and I think you're gonna find it hilarious. Okay, you can probably maybe I don't know pull a soundbite from that for the cold open as well. Um, but yeah, if you, if you haven't seen this film, definitely go check it out. It is, um, Jennifer Lawrence at, at her finest. I mean, um, she's, she's, she's great to watch. Um, I think she fills the role in like, a in, in a way that's, um, completely beyond her years and, um, just, just enjoy it. It's a very, like, it's very reflective of the year 2020 for, for something that was made in, in, in 2010, which is very destitute, very empty. Uh, but there are some pockets of hope here and there. Are there? So are go there? check it out. I think so. The banjo. I think the banjo is a, sim- a symbol of hope. True. True. I don't know if it, I, I didn't get the hope vibe. I got the things are going to be awful, but you'll have these little blips where it's like you have a break from the bleakness would be my thing. I'm not sure if that's hope. Hope gives like the idea that there's there's a chance things could be better, and I don't think there's a chance things could be better here. Oh man, I, I think <laughs> you uh, went the ultra dark route. <laughs> I mean, I think that's reality. I, I think that's how it ends. Is that it just gets worse, and she probably has a heroin addiction in three years. Like I think that's where this movie goes. If you do a sequel, uh, if we check back in on Re Dolly, I don't think it's going to be a positive <laughs> check in. Well, maybe you can get J Law. I don't think you want to do a where are they now of this area. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should try to get J-Law on this and, and get her thoughts. Oh, are y'all like that? You're, you can call her J-Law and she's just like, yeah, absolutely. Philip yeah. You know, I saw her. I was at a, the Tribeca Film Festival uh, last year and she did a talk with, um, with David O. Russell, the director of Silver Linings Playbook and, um, and uh, American Hustle. And it was just the most like 
fascinating discussion ever. Like it kind of seemed like she was just told that she had to do this interview like 10 minutes before. <laughs> and like David O. Russell had prepared like questions on questions. Uh, but he wasn't supposed he like she was supposed to be interviewing him. And then she had just like these these really like two interesting questions at the very beginning. And then she kind of just like threw it over to to him. I was like, oh, we, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about now. And he was just kind of taken off guard. It was just fun. It was just hilarious to watch the two of them interact on on stage. Um, so, yeah, I I've, I've seen her in in, in real life and, and she's just as uh, as um, I would say. Interesting, maybe idiosyncratic as she is on screen. Interesting, interesting. She seems like a, a fun hang, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, well, um, she should make more movies that I want to see, because I, I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence, a lot of these movies, what was the one she did recently? Was it the Ryan Reynolds, was that? Was he in that Phoenix. one? Yeah, Isn't she in know. Phoenix? I don't know. She makes some interesting choices. Um, but she made a lot of money, <laughs> um, last I checked. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is doing okay. Yeah, she's she's doing all right. What is her net worth? I really want to look at this because I remember it was like kind of it was kind of bonkers. Okay, yeah, one hundred thirty million. Um, she was named the highest pa- paid actress in the world in both twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, there you go. When this movie came out, I don't think people were thinking this is going to be the next superstar. I, I don't know, but she was good. And you're like, oh yeah, this this, this woman is talented and she's going places. She's and she she's still going places. Yeah. So you don't think she's peaked? We got another we got another big J Law performance on the horizon. I think so. I think so. Yeah. She did. I mean, she won the Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook two years after after this. I mean, I think I don't know if this put her on the map, but um, this the uh, Winter's Bone was like super well received. So I'm sure it had a had a factor and i really like silver linings playbook by the way i that's that's like really that's a solid movie for me i like it a lot it's okay it's okay it's okay not usually <laughs> my kind of movies i will say those kind of movies i, I don't know you gotta you gotta really work hard to make those those movies fun for me i um it's uh it's fine i think it's a solid movie but not something i'm like dude see silver linings playbook <laughs> what a film alright so I guess that's uh, Silver Linings is now a pariah on the Chase Thomas podcast we don't talk about <laughs> I like Bradley Cooper I think he's kind of underrated um, like he's incredible in uh, Place Beyond the Pines um, which is one of my favorite movies hmm. ever have you seen that no I have not oh 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 Philip Philip let me let me add that to the list here yeah your dad will be asleep by minute 30 but um, he'll miss a big twist in this movie because thirty minutes—that's yeah. that's like new world record. Yeah, because it 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 that movie is so insanely built, and it's such a huge heat check. What they do, um, I I respect it. It's where Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes uh, met. Really, it's a very stat cast. It's Eva, Gra- uh, Ryan Gosling, and Bradley Cooper. Um, but um, it's. It, no one talks about it, but it's uh, one of my favorites. It's very, very good. I think it's on Netflix right now. Place Beyond the Pines. Let's let's check this out. Let's check it out. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, what movie are we going to do next week? What can we tell listeners that we're gonna gonna 
get into? What's the next movie? Oh man. Well, one, so you got to pick the next one. Um, okay. All right. How familiar are you with, uh, with the criterion collection? Do you, do you watch movies from, from, well, films, I guess, from that? <laughs> uh, I am not all that familiar now. Okay. Um, well, it depends like what time period do you want to go in? I'm, I'm like a huge fan to, to, of, of, of some serious throwback films. I mean, yeah. anything with Ingmar Bergman. Um, I recently watched, uh, persona. I had been meaning to watch it for a long time. And I think Ingmar Bergman as, as not even a filmmaker, but just as like a thinker and, and an auteur, um, just completely redefine like what cinema could be um and so this this is a film that really gets into your head so we don't have i mean if you if you like check it out check persona out and we can we can talk about it um otherwise if we want to keep it more contemporary um i'll i'll think of some other options and 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 send you uh send them to you this week and we can we can figure it out sounds like a plan all right philip well this how do you think we did Number one of Musay and Thomas, how do, how, do we, how do you think we did? Is your dad going to report back, like, good stuff? Or is he going to report back, what What was that? You got to cancel it. It's well, not I don't think he'll... I, I, even, I think even if it were bad, he would he would not report back that it were <laughs> he bad. He just wouldn't say anything. He'd be like, oh, yeah, Philip was doing something Sunday morning. I don't remember he, what it was. Uh, just change it. No. Well, barring, you know, his his thoughts, I, I would give... I would give us a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Leave the 6% out of the Ozark residents who were like, wow, really went hard at our town. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Academy might might take issue with, with, my, with my kind of meta-analysis on oh, the absence of opportunity. Like, what the hell does that have to do with this movie? <laughs> They're like, just stick to the script, buddy. Stick to sports, <laughs> sir. Stick to sports, <laughs> <laughs> stick to the script that's the new one it, it, it hasn't come for cinematography yet so maybe that's the the next thing stick to stick to stick to cinema stick to the script stick to all that um, because people are boring and things have to be simple instead of nuance like that's that's how people want it folks explosions explosions and robots and aliens and tentacles yeah uh, or not tentacles depending on what your preference is we do not judge on this podcast if you like yeah i'm not with or without tentacles that's fine with us that's true i'm i'm not partial to tentacles i'm more of a fan of intellect mm, there you go okay on that note <laughs> we will wrap up this bonus episode of the podcast but philip this was a lot of fun i appreciate you taking the time and uh, we will talk soon mr mr chase thomas was a pleasure and looking forward to doing more episodes Let's keep it going. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.